Okay, Glenn, you asked for feedback regarding episode 719 on anger and general conference. If you're asking, my opinion is uh, your approach to the church in this episode was way too kumbaya. I got out of the church, but I still have kids that are in it. And the emotional and relational carnage that the false teachings of the church continues to perpetuate uh, deserves action and effort to try to minimize or change that. I really appreciate so many of the things you've done with your podcast over the years, but lately it's just feels um, too relaxed, too let it be, and I don't think that's what's called for. I mean, yeah, I think everybody who gets out should, or everybody for that matter, should try to have as much peace and happiness in their life. Um, And I don't think people should go around being angry all the time. But the church is wrecking families, wrecking lives, um, causing suicides. And just say, don't be mad, bro. It feels like dereliction. Uh, It feels like people should be doing things. I would like the best minds figuring out ways to to uh, shed light on the situation and and help as many people as possible to get out of this burning building. is infants on thrones baby steps you want someone to preach to the philosophies of men i like magical toys mingled with humor i don't believe in them there will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with humor we are evolving baby steps even by end this world of money the good in everything look for the people who will set your soul free it always seems impossible until it's done look for the good in everyone here is part two of my interview with adam talking about anger And we're going to pick up where we left off with this question about gaslighting. So, I mean, so it was that kind of taking that pride and that vanity away. It's like kind of, it doesn't say anything about me that I'm still single. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm undesired or anything. I don't need somebody else's attention or love or affection to feel valued and worthy i it comes from within you know so good yeah that's a that's a healthy attitude to take um is is it gaslighting do you think to make the claim that a person's anger is a result of their own pride Mm, depends on the context like (laughs) like if you're saying okay i'll give you an example let's say i go to my bishop and I bring all these things forward to him, you know, about like the truth claims I found, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel angry. And he's like, well, you're just being prideful. I'm like, no, this is just not true kind of thing, you know. So that's that's gaslighting. 
But what if you were angry because you were prideful? I, I don't know, aren't, aren't you, aren't, I mean, isn't in that situation where you're, where you're angry because you've been told these things and they're not true mm-hmm. and now nobody's listening to you. Yeah. They're, you know, like, like you said earlier, they're, they're calling you lazy and yeah. you know, you're not lazy. You've got a lot of pride in the research that you did and the time that yeah. you spent in it. And so that sense of pride, when he's calling you lazy, you're like, I'm not being acknowledged for what who I really am. And that sense of pride is creating that anger. Well, I mean, so for me, in my experience, I can't speak for anybody else. My anger didn't arise out of me. Like it didn't, it wasn't about me. It was in my perception. Are you sure about that, Adam? Well, here, let me finish. Let me finish. (laughs) It was more about the sadness of that loss of I believe these things my whole life and somebody told me they're true and they're not. And that just makes me angry and sad and hurt and afraid and lonely and guilty and all those things. So I don't know if it's always pride, you know, is there's maybe a sense of pride there, but I think that's a natural reaction to being hurt. You know, if somebody you loved was lying to you the whole time, you know, there's pride there, but like, let's, you would also feel some, some like shame, some, some fear, some sadness, some loneliness, and which would lead to anger. You know, I don't know if it's always the vanity thing, you know, I don't want to present it that way. Cause that does sound like gaslighting. Yeah. And I don't think he's saying that it's always, uh, yeah. he was, he was giving that example with the married couple where both of them wanted acknowledgement. They, they wanted to be acknowledged for the things that they had done and they weren't getting that acknowledgement from the other person. And so they got resentful and just like turtles retreated into their shell. And man, I've had a lot of nights like that over the years. That's, well, that's not fun. It's not cool I mean, to be. And I mean, you, a lot of times yeah. I was doing that to myself. Yeah. I was doing it to myself because I was getting my feelings hurt that I wasn't being yeah. acknowledged for things that I thought that I should be acknowledged for. Well, I, I want to go back to sometimes it's not pride. Sometimes it's you're being abused by someone. You know what I'm saying? Like if let's, let's put it this way. Let's say this guy is a total douchebag and he makes her do all this stuff and makes her um, like work all the time on the house and stuff. And then he comes home and he eats her meals and then spits them out in her face, you know, and it's just yelling and screaming at her she's not necessarily hurt because she wants to be recognized and her, her, like her um, ego or her, whatever, her vanity. It's more about the fear, the loneliness, the, the hurt, you know? So. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I I don't want to suggest from that clip that pride is always the cause of, of anger. Yeah. I wasn't saying you were, I'm just saying it could be taken that way. Right. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to the next one. One of the great secrets of relationship is acknowledgement. The behavior of others toward us always includes a hidden gift. Even if that behavior appears negative, there is something in it for us. Very often, that something appears in the form of a signal to us to become more aware. Let's say, for example, that somebody calls us stupid. Our natural response is one of anger. We can use the energy of that anger consciously. What is that person asking me to become more aware of? 
If we ask ourselves the question, we may come to the realization that we were being self-centered. We were being uncaring. We were failing to acknowledge them. And we were not being conscious and aware of what was going on in the relationship. If we constantly follow this procedure, we will come to the awareness that everyone in our life is acting as a mirror. They are really reflecting back to us what we have failed to acknowledge within ourselves. They are forcing us to look at what needs to be addressed. What aspect of our smaller self needs to be relinquished? This means that we have to constantly let go of our pride in order to undo anger, so that we can be grateful for the continual opportunities of growth with which we are presented in the course of everyday experience. To do this, we have to resist the temptation to indulge in making ourselves and others wrong. All right, a couple of key ideas in there. Um, let's yeah. start with this one about a hidden gift. Yeah. What, what, what do you think about that idea that, that any interaction that you have with somebody, even if it's negative, there's some kind of hidden gift in there? Um, I'm going to say that I have almost zero relationship experience, so I don't know. Um, That's, but but we're not just talking about romantic relationships. Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, oh, okay. It, okay. It, it could be the, the experience that you talked about earlier today with the, the kid that you're working with that was yelling at you. Yeah. Do, do you see that there's a possibility of a hidden gift even in those kinds of exchanges? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad answer, but I, I don't honest. know. Can, can you can, can you tell me, can you rephrase it so I can kind of understand like what you're trying to get me to well if say. i say hidden gift what do you think i mean i think honestly this passive aggressiveness meaning there's this hidden expectation that you're not communicating to somebody and when they don't do that thing you hold it against them you know that's a gift well you, i mean holding something against them as a gift no so so what he's talking about in here is there's a there's a learning opportunity there's there's something in this exchange that I can learn. Oh, okay. and, and that is a gift that's being given to me because I, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do you know the musical into the woods? Never heard of it. <laughs> Never heard of into the woods. So there, there's all of these horrible things that, that happen to these people as they go into the woods, but there's a song where they sing, but now I know things I didn't know. When he said, come in with that sickening grin, how could I know what was in store? Once his teeth were bare, though I really got scared, well, excited and scared, but he drew me close and he swallowed me down, down a dark, slimy path where lie secrets that I never want to know. And when everything familiar seemed to disappear forever at the end of the path, was granny once again, so we wait in the dark until someone sets us free and we're brought into the light and we're back at the start. And I know things now, many valuable things that I hadn't known before. Do not put your faith in a cape and a hood. They will not protect you the way that they should. And take extra care with strangers. Even flowers have their dangers. And the scary is exciting. Nice is different than good. Now I know, don't be scared. Granny's right, just be prepared. Isn't it nice to know a lot? And a little bit not. 
Um, I've learned something about myself. I've learned something about the world that I didn't know before. That that that's a hidden gift. That's oh okay. okay okay okay. Yeah, like I thought that this exchange was just shitty, but actually I learned something from it. There's a yeah. hidden gift. That makes more sense. Um, yeah. Again, ADHD. I was thinking about a million other things, and I was thinking you were meaning something like they were expecting me to give them something. No. And their expectation, but I was just often bullshit land. So no, that's okay. Um, that makes sense. You, you, you not understanding it was a hidden gift because then I was able to articulate it so brilliantly. Well, I don't, I, I don't want to boost your ego <laughs> any more than it already is. You can't. But yeah. um, it's so shattered, man. It's shattered. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> so basically, yeah, like I think we have to be careful there though because that magical thinking thing, where it's like my child died. So I have to ascribe this to something in the universe or God teaching me this lesson, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Well, that, sure. That could be a way of interpreting it, but you don't, you don't have to go um, like supernatural or metaphysical. I don't, but that's, that. that's what I was taught to do my whole life, you know? Mm. And that's and so the, that, that's what you're resisting. So you, you don't, yeah. you don't, you don't want to, so, so you don't want that to be attributed to, well, God. Divine retribution or. Yeah. God's giving you challenges to make you a better person kind of thing. Yeah. I, I hate that. Fuck that. So you've got a lot of anger around that. Uh, yes. Yeah. How come? I don't know, because it's just like. Have you ever heard, um, what's his name? Bednar's thing about like. um what is it called? Like being okay with not being healed, you know, and expecting that, you know, where it's like, he was saying that like he gave somebody a blessing and he said, well, you have to be okay with not being healed, but by this, you know, have you heard that before? No. Uh-uh. Oh, well, you should look that up after this. Um, <laughs> basically, <laughs> I don't know. Just cause it's, interesting you can tell shit. me now <laughs> it's interesting shit. It? It's it's the apologetics. Well, it's like, well, if this blessing doesn't come true and you die, you know, it's God's will somehow. And you just have to be okay with. I think we've gotten away from why this bothers you. I, I like, why are you angry? Cause we had the conversation earlier, Adam, about um, you could either be mad or you could accept. And yeah. you had talked about some areas where you accepted instead of being mad, but this is an area where you're still mad. Oh yeah. So, so, so what would, what's there that you could possibly accept unless you just want to stay mad at it, which is cool. I don't want to stay mad. I just still working through that, yeah. uh, that, that anger of kind of, oh man, I, I can't really articulate it too well. It's kind of like um, going back to the Bednar thing and the whole thing of like, it's kind of that confirmation. I don't know. Oh, hermetically sealed argument where if this happens, then it was God. If this doesn't happen, then it was God, you know? Um, well, and, and that, why, that why does angry. that make you angry? Why does it make you angry? Because let's say my child dies, you know, but don't I use the just, hypothetical. Okay. I don't have children as far as I know. I so. know. So, but, but <laughs> you don't have children and yet you yeah. are angry about this. Why? 
because I'm a human being and we all feel anger sometimes. I don't know. I don't know why I'm angry. Don't you ever just get pissed and like, don't know why? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just angry. I don't know. So I, I remember an email exchange that we had last summer and you were telling me, I think it was something about your grandmother. Oh, that there, there are things that your grandmother says that seem really dismissive to you. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing just, just from that limited thing that the reason that this makes you angry is that there's been times where suffering that you've experienced, where you've wanted just hold space for me. You talked about holding space earlier Yeah, that you didn't have that space available to you. And, and you were kind of told just get over it. Uh, because yeah. this is what this is what God wants you to do. So get over it. And you were like, nah, that's not the response that I wanted. That's that's yeah. not the kind of loving, nurturing response from my family that I want. Yeah. So now that you bring that up, um, <laughs> that does make sense. Yeah. Um, the backstory of that is that my my grandpa was an abusive asshole. Mm. Who, um, just just a bad guy. And there's this revisionist kind of mindset in my family of forgive and forget, do as Jesus would do, you know. And whenever you bring it up, they say that kind of stuff and they tell you that you need to forgive and forget, you know. And it's like, how do you forget all these things? Like, I mean, I don't want to hold on to them, but you telling me to just forgive and forget, like, fuck that. What if it was just forgive but not forget? Hmm. I have, so this is another anger thing for me. Forgive has to be phrased in a certain way. Mm. Like forgive doesn't mean that I just let him off the hook. Like Christy was saying, it doesn't mean that you just kind of like brush it under the rug. It just means that you don't let those things affect you anymore. Like that yeah. anger, that hurt, that sadness, right? You don't give that abuser the satisfaction of them being able to control you anymore that's what forgive means to me in that situation okay so so you, but when you think about your your grandpa now and the way that he abused your grandma you still get angry and and when you think about the way that they do their revisionist history in the family that makes you angry yeah it does yeah so i'm, so, I'm angry right now glenn i'm angry are you, are you so. angry as you were talking about this yeah yeah it wouldn't uh, be <laughs> me. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, is what it is, but like, yeah, it's just, man, now I'm angry. So <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to make you angry. It's okay. Um, I don't know. Pull up some porn and you can go get uh, orange. Still makes me angry. Still makes me angry. <laughs> um, all right. Well, where to go with it? So there, there is a clip that uh, is coming up. That's about forgiveness. So maybe oh, no. we'll put a pin on this um, for for now because we're we're kind of moving towards that. Yeah. So so we talked about this idea of a hidden gift. Yeah. What about the idea of other people being mirrors to you? Um, I actually just used this phrase today with one of my kids. Is like they were telling me like this person does all this shit and like they bother me and they're doing this and I'm looking at them like you do those things too, you know. Like it was kind of ironic because it was like, you bug people, you try and provoke them too. Um, and so I think the things that bother us and others can tell us what we really lack. You know, I definitely agree with that. 
So, so when you're looking at somebody and you're getting bothered by something, that's telling you something about yourself because yeah. you're the one getting bothered. And yeah. so there's something that you're allowing to bother you. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, the one that's creating this sense of being bothered and being angry in your own body. Yeah. And so there's something that you haven't released. There's something that yeah. you haven't learned how to deal with that this is triggering you. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So, so how is the Mormon church a mirror for you? That's a big concept. Yeah. Um, it's shown me all the areas of character development that I didn't have and developed and yet to have yet to develop, you know? Yeah. Um, showing me things that they don't want to be, you know? Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll give them some credit showing me some things that, yeah, that was cool. I, that helped me. Yeah. You know, things like love and all that stuff which well so there's a there's a hidden gift right there like wh whether whether they're showing things that you do want to be or, or they're showing you things that you don't want to be both of those are kind of gifts and yeah. that that you can go okay well thank you mormon church for showing me that i don't want to be myopic well thank fuck you. them i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say thank you to them but anyway why not i'm just, I'm, I'm just kidding um <laughs> but yeah you're right because if you feel it if you really feel that gratitude for it, you can't really be angry anymore. And I think you can be both. I mean, mm. I'll give you an example. Mm. So my mission was like hell. It mm. was just awful. Where, where was were like, you? Tokyo. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I felt like a salesperson. You were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I didn't in, realize in, it in a country time. where nobody's buying it. Exactly. You know, <laughs> Um, so it's, it's kind of like selling liquor here in Utah, you know, <laughs> no. like nobody's buying it. There's a lot more people buying liquor in Utah than there are I know. Mormonism in Tokyo. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of those people buying liquor here. So yeah. anyway, anyway, um, back to the thing is that like, yeah, I got yelled at by some nasty people who had an ego that wanted to boost their status and move up in the chain of leadership. And I got gaslighted by the rules and stuff and, had some traumatic, awful experiences, but I'm grateful I got to go to the place where my ancestors came from. I got to learn their yeah. language. I got to be able to meet some amazing people, yeah. you know? So there's that, it's it's not one or the other. It's yeah. just kind of like this whole just spectrum of shit. Okay. So. All right. Well, I think, I, I think there'll be more about this a little bit later in future clips too. So. Okay. All right, here's the next clip. All right. One source of anger stems from the unacknowledged acts of the love that we have expressed to others. Love in this context means the everyday simple forms of lovingness that go on in every human relationship in the form of thoughtfulness, consideration, polite gestures, encouragement, and providing. Very often, an internal dialogue can go on for years about our resentment over the other person's lack of appreciation for our feelings about them. If this is so for us, it must be the case for others as well. There are people, therefore, in our life who are walking around with an endless mental stream of thoughts about us, having to do with our lack of appreciation of their feelings for us. This whole arena of anger 
can be offset and prevented when we see the enormous value of simply acknowledging the gestures of others toward us. This means to acknowledge all of their communications to us. For instance, if friends call us on the phone, we thank them for calling us. The reason for doing this is that it makes the other persons feel complete and secure with us. It is an acknowledgement of their value in our life, and everyone feels pleased when we acknowledge their value. By this simple mechanism of acknowledgement, it is possible, within a matter of days, to transform all of one's relationships in a rather dramatic way. This acknowledgement does not have to go on in the outer world, but can take place within oneself. As we examine our relationships, we can ask ourselves, what have I failed to acknowledge in those with whom I have daily contact? It is a very valuable experience to pick someone in our life who, in our view, is critical toward us and now, within ourselves, begin to look at how we have failed to acknowledge them. We surrender all of our negative feelings about them and we begin to give them credit, affirming their value to us. Their value may simply be that they are a spur to our emotional growth and development. The nagging spouse or scowling neighbor is trying to say something. Almost always in this sort of situation, such persons are not feeling acknowledged for the contribution they are making to our life. Once their value to us has been acknowledged, the nagging stops. All right. So that was, that was a pretty long one for a guy with ADHD. Yeah, that was. Um, the, reason, the reason I grabbed that clip is because I liked what it said about appreciation. Mm -hmm. and, and the role that appreciation can play in diffusing anger, um, whether you're expressing uh, appreciation to people who you think deserve it, <laughs> mm -hmm. or if you're expressing appreciation for people who are doing things, they're like, they're a spur in your side and they're blocking your advancement and you're using them as a mirror to say, oh, thank you for showing me where I still have some internal work to do. Now, like... So there's some more anger arising because like if my neighbor, I don't have a neighbor named Jerry. I'm just using the name Jerry. Uh -huh. Let's say Jerry's an asshole to me every day and he parks his car on my parking strip like over so I can't really get through, you know, mm -hmm. and I see Jerry in the street. I'm not going to be like, thank you, Jerry, for just, you know, testing my my patience, my courage or whatever. No, I'm going to be like, fuck you, Jerry. Get get out of here, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Oh, it's kind of like so you're going to you're going to you're going to feel anger towards Jerry. Yeah. Okay. And is that healthy to be feeling that anger towards Jerry? No, it's not, but that's just how it is. So, but, um, <laughs> but it's, it's how it is right now. But if, is that something that you could work on and resolve? I mean, you, you've got this shit, you want to get rid of it. You don't want to be walking around constipated. And every time you see Jerry, you feel like, Ugh. sure. But for right now, Jerry's the asshole is parking my spot. So let's, okay. so it's kind of like that Job, you know, Job in the Bible. Like, I hate that. Like, you have to be grateful to God because he's like punishing you and just like whipping you and all that kind of stuff. Like, but so let's get back to Jerry for a minute, because okay. let, let's say that every day for a year you walk outside and he's parked in that place and it just pisses you off. Like, so you always have just a shitty day because it starts off with Jerry in your space, but over time you can be mad or you can accept it. And you just kind of come to accept, okay, I'm not going to be able to park in that spot. He's going to be in that spot. 
yeah, he's an asshole. I've asked him many times. He doesn't change it. But, you know, like at the end of the year, it doesn't bother you anymore. And you're kind of learned to be more accepting of people who do things that, you know, aren't really what you want to do. So you've become a little bit more flexible in that way. You've become a little bit more difficult to trigger in anger. And that's because Jerry was being an asshole to you. You couldn't oh, yeah. look at that and go, wow, Jerry, you know, you, you won't appreciate this, but man, you helped me so much. Thank you. I won't go so far as thank you, but the acceptance thing I really like, you know, well, maybe, like, maybe someday, Adam, that's the goal. No, to get, to get to, to I'm, get to the I'm thank good. you. Yeah. I'm good. I don't need to thank him. I'm but thankful. You, but that you want to be enlightened though, right? You want to rise up the scale of energetic frequency. Sure. But like, I don't want to want to vibrate with Jesus and Buddha. I mean, <laughs> if that, if it, I don't know, I'm stubborn. Um, but yeah, like that acceptance thing, like, um, cause I, I deal with difficult kids that call me names and they do things like leave stuff. So I have a desk that's in a shared space where they yeah. are frequently and yeah. like they, they mess up my desk or they rip my name tag off my door all that kind of shit. You know, yeah. I, I don't take it personally. I, I don't let it get to me, you know, like that acceptance. Like I, I think that's one of my strengths is um, accepting that people are going to be assholes and I'm not going to let it ruin my day. Yeah. You know, but, but so why is it hard then to be grateful to them for, cause th they have, they have been a mirror to you where you're, you're seeing yourself reflected back in them. Like, Oh, I'm getting upset at something that they did. I don't want to be upset. I want to be more flexible. I want to have more patience. And so you, you grow that patience and you go, okay, th there is a hidden gift in this relationship. They have helped me learn how to be more patient. And whether you say thank you to them or whether you just feel like you're thankful to them, don't, don't you think that that would kind of feel good? No. <laughs> uh, you should try just, it. It does. I'm just kidding. Uh, so I, 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 it's I know freaking I'm being awesome, man. It's, I, I it's know, so I know. cool to I, like I know. get to that place where people really can't bug you that easily. I, I'm, I'm mainly playing devil's advocate here. I, uh -huh. I actually, that's one of my strengths. I'm really difficult to bother. Like mm. I don't get bothered. Like at my job, I've worked there for like two years or something. I can't really recall any time that a kid really truly made me angry, yeah. you know, because it's just, that acceptance of this is how the kids are, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm not going to let Jerry park in his fucking car on my thing, get me down to the yeah. point where it's ruining my day. You know, like yeah. why, why? But so, I'm not going to thank him for being an asshole. Like, well, maybe someday. No. You, you know, have, have you ever, uh, what, what, what's that Harry Potter movie where Dumbledore and Voldemort are fighting in the, uh, Whatever. It's the one where Sirius Black dies. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but but do you remember they're, they're like having this epic wizard battle and, yeah. and where like Voldemort sends all these shards of broken glass towards Dumbledore and Dumbledore like has this force field that as soon as it hits the force field and it comes towards him, it turns into sand. It just drops there. They, they, oh, they yeah. Like, like with fire and water. Like I, I've thought about this idea of wouldn't it be cool if you could have some kind of a force field around you where somebody being an asshole to you, it comes right in, but it transforms from being shit to, I don't know, 
flowers or pet it just drops them it just doesn't phase you it just doesn't bother you at all yeah so um that guy that i referenced earlier in the show uh, yeah. christian conti mm-hmm. he actually talks about how when there's like people throwing hot garbage at you you just have like a force field yeah around you you protect your mind and yeah. i like that if just not letting things and i'm good at that like detaching yeah. myself from that and not getting bothered by things i gotta you know? tell you adam someday someday you'll figure out the role that gratitude towards others plays in creating that force field and you'll get really good at it i'm prophesying I, now i don't think so joseph smith well, i don't think see. so we'll see all right um so on um another clip this one kind of has to deal with this whole force field idea okay Another way of preventing anger is by making a decision within oneself no longer to accept invalidation from others or the small aspect of oneself. This decision can be in the form of a firm declaration. I will no longer accept invalidation from myself or others. When this is coupled with the habit of acknowledging all that is positive within ourselves and others, relationships rapidly change their potential sources of anger having been removed. All right. What'd you think about that one, Adam? It was short. I mean, I, I can see some of that, you know, like I'll give you an example. There's this kid that used to really bother me and now I like him. Like he's funny and I appreciate those quirky things, but they used to really bother me, you know, but now I can appreciate who he is and acknowledge that where he's coming from is where he's coming from, you know, like yeah. understanding him. So I can appreciate that. Yeah. What, what, if, if you could create that kind of a force field, would you want to do that for the Mormon church where there really isn't anything that the Mormon church could do that would bother you? I mean, I'm, I, I struggle with the whole turning the shit into rose petals thing. Cause like, uh, my perspective of it, maybe this is not true is it's kind of like being like like a, a like Manson family type kumbaya type where it's like thank you for hurting me so much you know like i struggle with that still well let's let's not do imaginary shit to flowers thing and and let's go back to the example that you gave earlier where people are calling you lazy and you know that you're not lazy yeah and so are you going to let them calling you lazy bother you or not no i'm not no doesn't so so, so, so they were throwing shit at you, yeah, calling you lazy, and you're turning yeah. it into flowers. Going, no, I know I'm not lazy. Well, you've got a problem with that? But I'm not going to thank them for throwing shit at me. You know, I'm grateful. You that... could, you could. So I, I'll put it this way: I'm grateful that I have reached the point where that doesn't bother me, and I'm grateful for the experiences that have led there, where I can kind of just detach myself from that ego, from that, you know. And that's as far as I am right now. Like, I'm grateful that I am hard to fluster. You know, I've learned how to like that part. I'm grateful for that. But I don't know. There's just something there that's like accepting. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's kind of like if, if, if the rebel forces in Star Wars accepted that the empire had taken over all of their planets and stuff and be like, thank you, Darth Vader. Thank you. Emperor Palpatine for accepting or for um, defeating my uh, forces and 
destroying everything I love and care about. Thank you so much. Like I, I struggled that. Mm. So. Well, okay. I, I don't know where to take the star Wars analogy. I'm a little disappointed in that, but I want to get to this next clip. Wait, 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 wait. No, we have to revisit that. The what? Why are you disappointed in it? I'm disappointed that I'm not able to provide a response to you. Why not? Because I can't think of one. <laughs> like oh my I, gosh. I like, like tr trying to think of. Uh, are you a are, are you a Trekkie? No. Oh, okay. Oh, thank no, God. No, I no, I. Okay, so so let's let's try to play with the Star Wars. So um, I have stumped the great Glenn. You didn't Abu stump Osland. me. I'm just not that interested in it. Let, let let me try it. Okay. So what you're saying is that Luke wouldn't thank Darth Vader for cutting off his hand. Oh, I got exactly. Okay. This will okay. probably relate to you. Give me one. Okay. Where did you serve your mission again? What part of Japan? Well, it was the Okayama mission, but so, like down in Hiroshima. Okay. So do you expect the people that were affected by the bomb to be grateful to the Americans for killing everybody they knew and loved? And, you know, if they survived. You're asking like, the wrong question. No, I don't expect that. That's what I'm saying. So ask me the question, if they did, would they be happier? I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> so, but, so that's the question. I think, I think if they did, uh, if, if they, you know, because I, I've been to, have you, have you been to Peace Park? In uh -uh, I've never been to Hiroshima. My ancestors are from there. I've never been there. Oh, really? I've just been to Tokyo. I loved, I loved Hiroshima. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've been to Peace Park many times. And they've got a, a really great museum there. Mm. Um, like, what, do, do you know the story of the Thousand Cranes? Oh, hell yeah. I love that yeah. shit. Yeah. Sal Salako is one of my, I'm going to name my daughter Salako if I have a daughter. Oh, cool. So that, yeah. so that was the girl that had the radiation poisoning that was, yeah. she was told that if she made a thousand cranes, then she would survive. And she got to like 984 or something like that. Do, do you remember what the yeah. number was? She got, yeah, she didn't make it and she died. Yeah. She didn't make it and she died. And, but there's a statue dedicated yeah. to her at Peace Park and school children, when they come on their field trips, they bring paper cranes to like help her get to the thousand. It's such a sweet story, you know, and I'm, like it really unifies everybody. So there's all of these paper cranes around this place. And you could look and say, boy, I'm really grateful that we were able to have this kind of unifying experience around a cool story like the thousand cranes, because it's bringing people to be together and showing the compassion. Um, yeah. And I'm thankful for that. No, I'm not thankful that a hydrogen bomb was dropped and killed a lot of people. And there and you stuff. go. I'm not That's grateful. what I'm saying, though. I'm not grateful that that happened, but I'm grateful that there's this opportunity. I'm grateful that we responded to it the way that we did. I'm grateful that we're not ever going to do that again. <laughs> you know, well, like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm there with you. Like, so I get emotional when I think about that story. Yeah. Um, because. Yeah, that's. I can't even talk about it. Like but but if you if and if if you do go if you ever do get a chance to go through that oh that I will museum, there are sections where they do focus on gratitude for the thing that happened, just as a way of like, we're glad that this happened to show the world that it can never happen again, like that. That is a message that's built into that museum. Yeah. Um, and, and in and, some and, ways, it was a good thing, but. We so won't get this, into that. It's complicated. This this next clip that I'm going to play, it's pretty long. Um, okay. And and so 
the the Hawkins book is going to talk about chronic resentment and the way that if if you continue to stay in anger, it has a negative impact on your physical health. And then it talks about forgiveness kind of as, as a way to alleviate that pressure. And it makes reference to a study that was done at Stanford. Um, the Stanford forgiveness study, I think is what it's called. And so I put in a clip from Fred Luskin, who was the one that ran that, that study as well. And he gives a definition of forgiveness that I'll want you to listen to and, and see how you feel about it because we were talking about that earlier. Okay, so here's the next clip. Chronic resentment. Chronic, unrecognized anger and resentment reemerge in our life as depression, which is anger directed against oneself. If pushed further into the unconscious, it can reemerge as psychosomatic illnesses. Migraine headaches, arthritis, and hypertension are frequently cited examples of chronic suppressed anger. These symptoms are very often alleviated as people learn how to let go of their inner anger. The Stanford University Forgiveness Project confirms the cardiac benefits of relinquishing anger and resentment. In the program, parents of children killed in the Protestant Catholic violence in Ireland learned how to let go of their bitterness toward the enemy measurements of their cardiac health and physical stamina showed significant improvement. Luskin, 2003. That's Fred Luskin, uh, who ran the Stanford Forgiveness Experiment. And here's a clip from Fred Luskin talking about forgiveness as an antidote to anger. There are, an, there are two ways that I have defined forgiveness. The, the simplest is to simply say that no matter what has happened in any of our lives, at this moment we can be at peace. That forgiveness is the experience of being at peace right now, no matter what story, no matter what drama, no matter what has occurred five minutes ago or five years ago. And so I refer to forgiveness as an assertive, a creation of peace in the present. The second aspect of it, that's the most simple and that's the easiest for people to grasp, that the second part of it is that we are the ones who created the lack of peace. So we're the only ones who can remedy that situation, that life happened and then we objected to life. And it was our objecting to our own life, saying, no, this is not the way this life should have been. It should have been that way. Our objecting to our own life causes emotional and physical and spiritual turmoil. Forgiveness is the resolution of our objection. It, it really has nothing to do with life or the people in it because life just happens in all of its myriad of experiences and arisings, and we object to part of it. So forgiveness is, in that context, again, it's making peace when you didn't get what you want. And that allows an umbrella. The first part of it is the most important, which is you're making peace. But the second part is you're making peace with some situation or experience where you didn't get what you want and you objected to it. All right. 
So what did you think about his definition of forgiveness there, Adam? I like it. I mean, I think that, yeah, forgiveness is allowing yourself to feel peace. And it's not about, like, like you said, condoning or accepting, like, terrible, awful acts, you know, like, I think like it's more children that were killed as a result of radiation, like ter- and terrorist bombing. I mean, that yeah. was the study that they did. Yeah. Working with it's, the parents it's, to, to, it's, yeah. to create peace in their mind. <laughs> yeah. It's not about, you know, like I'll use an example that was in my lifetime, nine 11. Like yeah. it's not about like thanking the terrorists for crashing. The, you know, that's awful. You know, the two, 3,000 or so people that died, you know, that's awful. But it made us stronger as a people. And I think there's the peace is, you know, the peace and everything is kind of the gratitude that you got through that experience and that you became the person that you became and that, you know, through that, that could, loss. That you could yeah. learn the technique of forgiveness, that you could learn how to create peace in your own mind even when the world is burning down around you yeah yeah I, see i agree with you there so you got yeah. me i agree with you. I? thank you yeah yeah and and that's something that you can be grateful for. and i agree with you you know you, I, I i can't even i can't see myself going thank you terrace for flying into the world trade center thank you very much i Th- thank you glenn i'm grateful <laughs> for you yeah but to, but to be able to to say uh, we're stronger as a country or we've got this as a result of it that we wouldn't have had before. And to, to have some yeah. gratitude for that, I, I think that's within the range of something I'm comfortable with. Yeah. It's really tricky. Um, and the way that he talks about this here, life happened. Yeah. And life happens in a lot of different ways. And we don't always get what we want. We don't always like the way that things happen. So it's again, going back to that statement of you can be mad or you can accept Mm-hmm. This shitty thing happened. Yeah. And I can stay in a place of just being totally distraught. I can stay down in grief. Yeah. I can stay in anger. Or I can release that. I can I can let that grief that's real let, uh, acknowledge it. And every time it comes up, because I'm sure with these parents who lost kids that they didn't just go, oh, I've forgiven it. And now I never feel sad again. Yeah. Or now I never feel angry that this happened again. Of yeah. course, of course, those times are still going to come up. It, yeah. It's it's that acceptance of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sad right now because this happened. Yeah. I'm angry right now because this happened. And yeah. and and accepting that and letting it pass on its own, not yeah. not doing things that are going to stir it up and strengthen it. And Yeah. Make it for grow. sure like I'll, I'll give you an example of me um i could be angry well I, I will say that um my people did start a war with america but i could be angry that my ancestral city was burned and yeah the worst disaster in human like history happened the worst act of violence ever, ever happened numbers wise and just the effect but i'm grateful that the city like overcame that and that yeah. those those buildings that are still standing that are like shattered and just broken those are kind of symbols of who we are you know um and sadako is an example of hope 
and peace yeah. and growth. Yeah. I still, I'm, I'm emotional right now. I still get emotional when I'm talking about that Yeah. and talking about her. So, yeah. And, and you can look back on those kinds of acts and you can condemn those kinds of acts without being angry, without still having anger for it. You can say, this is not okay. And yeah. we are going to put all of our best efforts into a creating a world where this never happens again. Yeah. But do it from a place of hope. Do it from a place of, yeah. do it from a place of compassion rather than the anger where you, you just want to destroy. Yeah. <laughs> and you're feeling hatred. It, it, so it's, it's kind of like, um, to use, uh, have you ever read any of Elie Wiesel's books? The no. Holocaust survivor, like Knight, mm -hmm. or there's a bunch of, he's written like 30 books. He survived the Holocaust and writes yeah. about it. Um, he's like, is he gonna, I, he survived that experience and hated it, obviously, but is he gonna attribute that to every single German that he meets or, you know, like that, that, that just reminded me of that, you know, yeah. like you can, you can condemn those awful, shitty, terrible acts and still move on yeah in the sense that you're not gonna hold it against every single person in the german republic or whatever yeah you know and and the reason the, the reason why i chose this clip and then there's a follow-up clip where we hear from luskin again is, is because when i'm talking about forgiveness and and yeah. even expressing gratitude it's not for anybody other than the person who's feeling anger <laughs> because yeah. because holding on to that anger does have it's it has uh impacts on your health mm -hmm. and it it hurts you not yeah. and 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 being angry at somebody else doesn't really do anything to that other person but it does something no. to you and so being able to create that peace in yourself that really is the way to get healthy and yeah, it's kind of sure. like like when the oxygen masks drop down on the airplane and they say to, if you're an adult take it yourself before you give it to a child, you know, like learn how to get that peace of mind so that you can help other people with the, the peace of mind. Um, so this, this next, this next clip, it's also a little long, um, but it's about the healing nature of forgiveness versus the harmful nature of anger. Um, so we play this. Forgiveness healed their hearts, literally anger and resentment have a deleterious effect on the body, emotions, energy flow, and on the synchronization of the brain hemispheres. Anger kills the angry person, not the so-called enemy. Some of the brain scanning research has shown centers in the brain for altruism and kind of loving kindness, and centers that light up when we think about revenge. That human beings come with the whole package and so there have to be some kind of evolutionary place for it all. The question, I think, is for each of us or for cultures, how much do you want to be reactive and how much do you want to be thinking creatively about where's the appropriate um, manifestation of, say, you know, aggression or uh, tolerance? And we, that's what we don't do very well. I mean, it's clear that if you are a parent and somebody's about to harm your child, you want to stop them. And you want to stop them with everything you got available to you. And for an hour or two afterwards, you're going to be processing through that threat 
and you're going to be processing through the horror of possibly losing your child and even the horror of what that brought out in you. So there's this whole thing and then you're going to have some residual resentment towards the person who initiated that. That to me is normal adaptive human experience. Then I believe we go off into the maladaptive which is we start telling 30 people about how unlucky we are and how unfair it is that that happened to us. And then we label that person as evil or bad because they caused us to have this experience instead of us continuing to process it through until we're back at a less prejudiced point. But we retain the choice all the time as to what we do past the biological imperative. And the biological imperative is strong. You have to protect people and you have to like steer yourself through some very difficult waters which require some defenses and some aggression and some assertiveness. It's just the question is when and how do you cease that? And I believe human beings have done a very poor job of that. Yeah, so he's talking about where do you draw the line? When, when you feel that anger and it spurs you to action and you really do need to take it versus when you hold on to it and what are the negative impacts that that has on your overall health if you're holding on to anger for, for too long? Yeah, um, I'll tell you an example of this. When he was talking about um, all this stuff he was talking about, like I was thinking of this lady that I know in my neighborhood who her son died in a tragic accident where he fell out of a car uh, right by my house and he hit his head on the pavement and died. Hmm. Um, and they were going like 40 miles an hour. And at the time, the younger son was fighting with the older son and he felt bad about that. His whole, I'm sure he still does. He tried to commit suicide multiple times. Um, he, yeah, just a bunch of shitty things, but that lady, she never got over that. Like even to this day, she let it affect, she let it ruin her marriage. Hmm. She let it affect her relationships with everybody. She she held on to that toxic you can you can still feel it when talking to her it's just that toxic just destructive anger and, you know? and the grief that she must feel yeah and i feel bad for her and she has yeah. every right to feel how she does but you can just see that like you know yeah it's so just, so if if yeah. you accept that this is true you know like with these these negative emotions these negative feelings having a negative impact on the body yeah. If if you accept that as true and you really do want to help people, yeah. What would you be what would you be telling people? What would you be asking them to do? Um well, I do do this every day. Um and I will do this for the rest of my life because I'm going to be a therapist. But ask like tell them to do what we're talking about. Let go of that pain that toxic anger that you know while maintaining boundaries of course because you don't want to let an abuser back in your life you don't want to um put yourself in risky situations sure. you know but yeah yeah all right so do, do you think that there is times when it's okay to hold on to anger like just you're justified in, in maintaining this anger and not forgiving, not creating that sense of peace in your mind. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't like telling people how they should feel. And I don't like dealing in shoulds okay, and shoulds. Let's just not, talk so. about you. Let's just okay. talk about you. I mean, I want to be happy and I don't want to hold on to all these feelings. So I would say no. Like okay. I don't I don't think you should hold on to things that you've moved past and Right. work through it's different when you're working through them at the time and that anger is effective and it helps you set boundaries and move on from things but after that you know that anger is just a thorn in your side yeah all right well i still got several clips Let, let's let's try and get through them pretty quickly so okay. that we can we can wrap this up because this next one is about justifiable anger okay the mind would like us to think that there is such a thing as justifiable anger which takes the form of moralistic indignation. If we look at moralistic indignation, we will see that it is propped up by vanity and pride. We like to think how right we are in a situation and how wrong the other persons are. We get a passing cheap little satisfaction out of that, but our muscle testing proves what the cost is to our overall emotional and physical economy. The price we pay for chronic anger and resentment is sickness and premature death. So justifiable anger. If you're holding on to chronic anger, it's just going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, messages like this kind of scare me, honestly, with, with today's that? cancel culture. Yeah. Because it really does seem like there are a whole lot of people out there that have created a personal identity and a group identity around indignation and outrage it's yeah just, and and if you tell people that they shouldn't do it you're going to get canceled yeah so it That's, makes me nervous. I've, I've i've honestly i have seen that happen in ex-mormon community yeah you know where you can't win you know it's a lose-lose if you chime in if you don't chime in nothing changes you know so yeah i, I agree with you there yeah all right, and this next one is related to it. Okay. We need to be aware that we have unwittingly become injustice collectors. The media reports are full of this form of chronic resentment. We see injustice collecting in international relations, where making the other nation wrong is actually a primary objective. We are unconsciously programmed to believe that injustice collecting is normal. In contrast to this habitual pattern, which is destructive and weakening, the letting go technique frees us from keeping close account of the wrongs made against us. Our time and attention are freed up to see the beauty and opportunity around us. All right. Getting a little groovy on that one again. Oh, yeah. So, injustice collecting. Do you have any experience with that? Well, as it was, it was talking, like, have you ever seen the cartoon series Avatar The Last Airbender? My kids love it. I've watched like the first two episodes or something. It, I, I, um, I haven't watched it. So just, you, just a couple you, you need to watch that. Yeah, like, I know. I know yeah. you're an adult That's what they and everything. Tell me too. Yeah. But there's so there's all these nations and the Fire Nation's the bad guy. Yeah. And the protagonist, one of them, is Water Nation. Mm-hmm. And she, her mom was killed when she was young. And she's facing that anger. And there's this character that's the Fire Nation um, person. And he's trying to change. And she's still angry at him. And she can't 
forgive him, you know, and uh, it kind of plays on that whole concept that fire destroys, you know, but water doesn't destroy like fire does, you know, it's kind of, they play them off each other. Mm. But um, yeah, I think in terms of like justice, injustice, like revenge and stuff, it's talking about how if you try and seek revenge, if you try and go, you know, you're just going to burn the world down. Yeah. I, I, I feel like there, my, my, my experience of podcasting first with Mormon expression and then infants on thrones is that there, there have been a lot of injustice collectors that I've interacted with and have, I've done it myself. Yeah. Um, and and trying to find oh what's the what's the big injustice now that we can shine a spotlight on and do a smackdown on and that that's that's one of the things when i look at at what i've done you know like i don't want to feel bad about it or it's just like i want to be careful that i'm not being an injustice collector in this way and, and promoting the injustice because i think that only tells part of the story it doesn't tell the whole story and it, it leads to this chronic anger that I just, I, I really want to distance myself from chronic anger, perpetual chronic anger. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's, yeah. That's where I'm at, Adam. Yeah. Same. Because what's the point of holding on to anger? It's like that fire and fire bending, you know, it just destroys. Yeah. It can't create anything. All right. Just a few more clips. What is the point of surrounding ourselves with negative thought forms about those we view as enemies? Why go out of our way to hold on to them as enemies by stockpiling resentments and negativity in ourselves? Yeah. Do, do you see a benefit? I'll, I'll, I'll share an experience real quick. Sure. Just re- with regards to the Japanese-American identity um, and in intersection with Mormonism. Um, so my family was mistreated by Mormons during the war. And the fact that there are Mormons doesn't really, you know, it's just a coincidental thing because it could have been any group of Americans because there's a lot of anger there directed towards my people. Um, and I grew up and I held on to that anger, that bitterness of the way the Mormons treated my family, you know, and it just consumed me, you know, and I held on to that for years. And when I finally let that go and let that just kind of fade, you know, I was a lot happier. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, so I, I, the, the, the question is why would you want to hold on to that? And I, I think an answer might be you, you, you referenced this earlier. You don't want to let abusers back into your life. Yeah. And so you might want to be vigilant and say, well, I don't want to forget you know, the, the whole forgive and forget. I don't want to forget because uh, I don't want to let these people back in my life. But then there's that question by, by continuing to focus on it. Are, are you continuing to keep that thing in your life? Are you continuing to keep that, that anger in your heart still allowing yourself to be triggered by these things? Uh, are, are you still able to heal or not? And I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I have the answer either because I don't. Uh, what I do know is that like 
Um, oh, I had a thought. I was watching a sorry, I reference shows a lot and stuff. It's just how I think, yeah. how I process reality. Yeah. I was watching watching a show about a serial killer who um killed this lady's daughter and she was consumed by hate and anger. And she created an organization actually to kind of help people. Um, and all this time she was hunting the serial killer and she kind of became the thing that she was trying to hunt in the fact that she destroyed a lot of lives and she destroyed a lot of peace that she could have had um, by becoming what she was trying to destroy. Hmm. All right, two more clips here, Adam. Okay. Another thing that dissipates anger is our mere willingness to relinquish it. Willingness is our overall decision to find a better way, to stop relying on anger, and to move up to courage and acceptance. This willingness already starts the process of relinquishing anger. As students of the martial arts are well aware, anger indicates weakness and vulnerability. It is seen as a tool that we are handing to our opponent. What do you think about that? Do you, do you think that's true, that, that when you're angry, you're basically handing a tool to your opponent? I was just actually talking to my kids about this because a lot of them are from like the hood, you know? Mm. And the hood mindset is kind of like, if I show weak, if I basically, um, what am I trying to say here? The anger is a strength because I'm not going to let anybody walk all over me, you know, yeah. and that I use this as a tool and it's just kind of, you know, it's something that I need to have when in reality, I told them like letting go of that anger isn't weakness. Like that's strength because that anger is just going to get you bad places, you know? Do they believe you? Some of them do. Yeah. Because they've seen the effects that their anger has had on their lives, you know, where it's gotten them. So when I used to play tennis with my little brother, who is a much better tennis player than I am by far, um, and this is going back a long time ago, but he couldn't beat me mm -hmm. because I'd always find a way to get into his head. <laughs> And I, like, I could tell when he started getting angry and I'd kind of like needle, needle at that. And then he'd always fall apart. So, I mean, that's my one <laughs> that yeah. comes to the top of my head anecdotal. All right. So here's the last clip. Okay. Adam. Anger is binding, not freeing. It connects us to another person and holds them in our life pattern. We are stuck in the negative pattern until we let go of the energy of anger and its little payoffs of righteous indignation, feeling wronged, and the desire for revenge. Anger may force someone to be physically distant from us, but psychically it binds them to us more closely until we fully relinquish the anger and resentment. Relinquishing anger brings us many benefits we are free to experience emotional comfort and ease, gratitude for the daily opportunities to grow and heal, mutual caring with another without subtle strings attached, improvement in health, and more life energy. These breakthroughs allow us to move up to a more effective and effortless state of inner freedom. freedom, freedom. Put down the weapons that you use against yourself. You don't need them anymore. You're ready for the podcast to be over now, aren't you? No, I just like dancing. Pavlovian. <laughs>
Yeah. So what did you think of that last clip? I think it's true. Like when you well on that, like that lady in the show, like she couldn't let go of that person that had hurt her, you know? Um, and that was weighing on her and it was hurting her. Yeah. It was hurting her relationships. Her husband left her and he couldn't stand her anymore. You what know? does it say about people who have left the church, but haven't really left the church? <laughs> you know, oh there's that gosh. stupid quote, you can leave it, but you can't leave so it alone. Stupid. But it is, it's true. If you're, if you're still angry at it, if you're still holding resentment and it could still get under your skin, what are you doing? Why are you giving it that power over you? You know, I, I know I'm going to piss off a lot of people by saying <laughs> anything, whether it's yes or no, whatever. So I'm just going to give you my straight up honest answer. All right. Like it's about time. I'm reaching to that point where I just don't care. Yeah. You know, like they can say something and it's not going to affect me. Like they can say that I'm going to lose my this or that, you know, in the eternities. And it's just kind of words. But then I also acknowledge like the hurt that that does to other people, you know, like I acknowledge the, that some people have committed suicide over what has been said before, you know, especially LGBTQ youth, you know, so there's a balance there that we have to find where we're not bitter, angry ex-Mormons, but we're not just leaving our community stranded. You just opened a huge can of worms, Pandora box <laughs> sized. So can you forgive the Mormon church for these suicides, these LGBTQ kids that committed suicide as a result of the teachings? Fuck no. And, and so you can't create peace in your own mind. No, because no. This thing happened that, you know, like the world happens and you didn't like it. Okay. Now you're, now you're using my words against me. Um, I'll phrase <laughs> it this I? way. I'll phrase it this way. I can use that anger that hurt constructively to advocate for those people yeah, and to prevent that in the future. How are you going to prevent it? Well, I mean, prevents a strong word because you it can't is. prevent anything, but help um, people who are struggling to get help and the resources that they need. You know what I'm saying? Like I can use it to create. I things. do know what you're saying because you're making social work a career choice. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, you're turning that compassion that you have into what you want to do for the rest of your life and working yeah. with, with underprivileged populations. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. and, and not from a place of anger, but motivated by the anger that you felt of being discriminated. Yeah, in, for sure. In your life. It's, and it's kind of like that. You can use that anger to go and throw eggs at the, the church or the building or whatever. Or you can go and help other people who are suffering, who need someone there for them. Eggs. You know? They need eggs. So what are you, are you going to waste the eggs by throwing them at a church? You're going to cook the eggs and feed them to the hungry people. I'm going to feed them to the hungry people. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. So Adam. How yeah. is this? You've been wanting to do this for a long time. Yeah. How, how did it measure up? Is it everything you'd hoped for? Did it fit your desire meter? Or are you uh, still craving and disappointed <laughs> as a result of your desire? Um, 
It was like holding in a long shit and just yeah. letting it out at the end of Did the day. You? Yeah. So, so, so you feel that satisfied? I mean, yeah. Okay. All right. So can, so now that we've done this, we spent however many hours, two hours and 45 minutes or so yeah. doing this. Um, what is Glenn's way now? Glenn's way of dealing with anger. Do you have a better sense of that now? Hard to define because it's so personal. Yeah. I was just being asinine and like teasing you, uh-huh. you know, like yeah. I don't have a way. Like I agree with you, man. Like I, yeah, I think we agree. Yeah. So cool. All right. Well, thanks, Adam. Yeah. It was fun doing this. I enjoyed putting all those clips together and preparing and enjoyed our conversation. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on and for listening. For sure. For sure. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay. See ya. Good night. See ya. You too. All right. Hey, that was fun, huh? Now, before I wrap up this two-part series, let's revisit that initial voice message from Fred. Because I got some things I want to say in response now. Okay, Glenn, you asked for feedback regarding episode 719 on anger and general conference. If you're asking, my opinion is uh, your approach to the church in this episode was way too kumbaya. Um, I got out of the church, but I still have kids that are in it. And the emotional and relational carnage that the false teachings of the church continues to perpetuate uh, deserves action. Um, an effort to try to minimize or change that. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Fred. And the action and the effort that I personally take every single day to try to minimize and change this is directed first and foremost towards the emotional and relationship carnage that me and my Mormon-formed brain continue to perpetuate on other people. I ask myself, What false teachings from the church are still unexamined and unresolved in me? So, is it that I'm right and others are wrong? Because that's something that I noticed in the Mormon church that I didn't like. Am I still doing that in my life? Is it that I have the truth and they don't? Is it that worthiness is based on doing things the right way instead of doing things the wrong way? Is it that we live in a black and white world? Or that my duty is to convert the world to be more righteous? That I can make truth claims based on how I feel rather than what's verifiable with evidence? Those are things that I want to make sure I have weeded out in my own mind so that I don't unintentionally go out and start doing the same kind of stuff to other people that the Mormon church is doing. Or that I did when I was a more active, non-questioning believer of the Mormon church. Um... I really appreciate so many of the things you've done with your podcast over the years, but lately it's just feels um, too relaxed, too let it be, Um, and I don't think that's what's called for. Okay, that is very fair, Fred. Now, I laughed earlier when Adam listened to this and he said, ouch, and he said that this was a rebuke, but... I don't really see it as a rebuke. I mean, because it's your response and that's totally valid. This is what happens when my words, which have been formed by my limited experience in life, hits your ears 
and then your brain compares what I said to all of the limited experiences in your life and you react to the tone of the podcast in the way that you have, which is valid. It's how you feel. It's, it's how the podcast is to you and to many others and to me as well, really, because the truth is my tone is more relaxed and it's because I'm more relaxed. The podcast is more let it be because I'm more let it be. You know, it's not my job to change the church. I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. There isn't anything that I can do to make the church own up to its mistakes and become a more kind, responsible, honest institution. But if I'm looking at the church as a mirror, what am I learning about myself when I criticize the church? I'm learning that I need to own up to my mistakes, that I need to make myself a more kind, responsible, honest human being. So that's a hidden gift. Thank you for showing me that hidden gift, Mormon Church. I mean, yeah, I think everybody who gets out should, or everybody for that matter, should try to have as much peace and happiness in their life. Um, And I don't think people should go around being angry all the time. But the church is wrecking families, wrecking lives, um, causing suicides. And just say, don't be mad, bro. Um, Feels like dereliction. Now, you know, I I could argue with you here that the church is not wrecking families. And, okay, yeah, I I actually will for a second here because the church isn't doing that. Some members of the church, not all members, but some members choose to be super rigid and blindly loyal to dogma rather than being flexible and compassionate to others who they don't really have any answers for. So is it the church? Is the church the main problem here? Or is it rigidity and intolerance that's the problem? I think it's rigidity. I think it's intolerance. I think that that exists in the minds of the members. So once again, it's a hidden gift. It it teaches me that rigidity and intolerance can hurt others. So if I don't want to hurt others, I should be less rigid and less intolerant. Thanks for the hidden gift again. And Fred, I'm not just saying, don't be mad, bro, am I? Like, I'm saying, don't stay mad any longer than you need to be mad, because when you're mad, that harms you. And I care about you. I don't want you to harm yourself. You've been harmed enough already. I'm saying, put down the weapons that you use against yourself. You don't need them anymore. I'm also saying, be honest and precise as much as possible. Now, I don't deny that the church teaches its members to prioritize certain things and to devalue other things, and that certainly contributes to the wrecking of families, the wrecking of lives, and even suicides by members who just can't take it anymore. And I do want all of that to stop. But how are we going to make that stop, Fred? What is the solution? What's the reality here? And am I not going to allow myself to have peace in my heart and in my mind until all of that stops? That's crazy. I don't have to be angry. <laughs> you know, how, how is me being angry going to make that stop? And how is me not being angry at it a, a way of allowing it to continue? You see the harm that the church does. And I know some of the reasons personally why you feel that way, Fred. I know some of the experiences that you've experienced, things that we've talked about that I understand that you've been deeply wounded by the church, by people in the church. And 
Okay, this is a harsh reality, but I believe it's an undeniable reality. Overall, the church helps more people in more ways than it hurts people. I mean, it has to. Otherwise, everyone would see the harm and just walk away. But they don't. Why? Because there's a value to the church that's missing from the wrecking families, wrecking lives characterization. You aren't wrong that it does those things, but you are wrong if you think that that's all that it does or that it's even the vast majority of what it does. So it's not being totally honest to paint the church in just that way. It's more than that. Now, I know that saying, look for the good, is going to sound like more kumbaya to you, but I'm going to keep saying it because I care about you because I want your wounds to heal. And I know from experience that the kind of forgiveness that Fred Luskin researched at Stanford has worked wonders for me in my life. So maybe it could work wonders for you as well. If you're willing to give up that anger, to reframe the way that you see the church, and to search for more loving ways to take action with it, I, I, think, I think you could find more peace. That's my opinion. Uh, it feels like people should be doing things. I would like the best minds figuring out ways to to uh, shed light on the situation and, and help as many people as possible to get out of this burning building. Okay, and, and what qualifies as a best mind in your mind? Would it be a mind that is free of bias? A mind that sees the big picture? A mind that is compassionate, fair, honest, reasonable, a mind that can diagnose a root cause and take a compassionate action, you know, a kumbaya kind of mind, <laughs> or would you prefer a mind that's full of revenge, outrage, indignation, fury, jealousy, vindictiveness, spite, hatred, contempt, wrath, argumentativeness, hostility, sarcasm, impatience, frustration, negativity, Aggression, violence, revulsion, meanness, rebellion, explosive behavior, agitation, abusiveness, abrasiveness, smoldering, sullenness, pouting, and stubbornness. You see where I'm coming with that? The burning building that I want to help people get out of, Fred, is the burning building of an anger-infested mind. At least that's the burning building that I want to avoid with my own mind which may or may not qualify as one of the best minds, but it's a good one, a relaxed, peaceful, and hopeful one. Yeah, don't, don't be mad, but geez, don't, don't, just, uh, don't just let it go. Um, I think attention and work needs to continue to be poured into trying to um, bring truth to light, bring truth to light, bring truth to light, bring truth to light, and help people out. That's my opinion. Amen, Fred. And the truth that I see is that holding on to unresolved chronic anger hurts the angry person far more than it helps anyone in need of help. And in many cases, I think, it makes the situation worse. So that's my response to you, Fred. That's where I'm coming from. That, that's why I want this podcast, Infants on Thrones, to be a place of laughter, joy, healing, but not a place that keeps fomenting rage and anger. I want to heal from that. I want to move on past the anger phase and not be something that people come to and they're like, yeah, rah, 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 anger. So 
that's how I feel. Fred, thank you very much for recording and sending me that message. And anybody else out there? Anybody else want to play and send me a message? Be part of the podcast? Whether you do or not, thanks again for listening. Now, if you would like to support the podcast, I would really appreciate it. I do need help and support. So you could go to Patreon. Uh, You could sign up there, just pledge a dollar amount. You could cap it at whatever you're willing to donate per month. You'll get bonus episodes and behind the scenes content there. And if you or someone you love is currently struggling with grief, despair, apathy, fear, anger, pride, or any of these other negative emotions that block those feelings of peace, contentment, and joy, start by examining the stories that you tell yourself about what's going on in your world. And if you'd like help examining those stories and reframing them to be more accurate, more balanced, to be more true, where you're not just focusing on certain things and ignoring other things, you're telling a complete story and you need help with that, shoot me an email at infantsonthrones at gmail.com and we can schedule a free 30-minute consultation to see if making me your personal life coach would be a good fit for you. And once again, I hope you enjoyed this two-part series on anger and thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Put down the weapons that you use against yourself You don't need them anymore Lay down the weapons that you use against the world We don't need another war Put down the weapons that you use against yourself Hi, this is Hillary, Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Dashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune into the scene between the eyes. And take a breath. Thank you for listening to Infants on Front. I sit still and watch the thoughts flow past me. Never mind the future, never mind what the past be. I like to jump and let the universe catch me. Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me. I keep my pockets like destination in sight. Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights. I'm walking past the fight, laying down arms of the night. Choosing love when I pick up this mic.